0: so sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite all lowercase on c-suite go to shopify.com slash c-suite all lowercase on c-suite to start selling online today shopify.com slash c-suite you are listening to the pgx for pharmacists podcast part of the pharmacy podcast network Pharmacogenomics is the study of how genes affect a person's response to drugs. This revolutionary science combines pharmacology and genomics to develop effective, safe medications and doses that will be tailored to a person's genetic makeup. There's no better healthcare provider position to leverage the analytical power of pharmacogenomics to provide more effective medication therapies and outcomes than a clinical pharmacist. And now, here's the host of the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, pharmacist, researcher, and national pharmacogenetics expert, Ken Sternfield.
1: Good afternoon, pharmacy podcast listeners. My name is Ken Sternfeld, and this is PGX for Pharmacists a show where we try and change the DNA of our profession. I'm very excited to have a very special guest on today's show, Dr. Ebony Green, a friend and business associate who I've known, I guess, almost a year now. Uh, Dr. Green is the president and CEO of Caregiver Support Services, and they specialize in supporting family and professional caregivers across the lifespan and through direct supportive services, a wonderful service. She's also an author of three books. One is called At the Heart of the Matter, and second is Caregiving in the New Millennium and Reflections from the Soul. Currently, she writes monthly articles and focuses on self-care among caregivers. So I wanna welcome Dr. Ebony Green to PGX for Pharmacists. Welcome Ebony.
2: Thank you, Ken.
1: Well, you know, as I look at and get to know the wonderful things you do, one of the things that's kind of brought us together is the fact that pharmacists in their daily life have health and wellness issues. And in many cases, pharmacists are caregivers either for their own family, or certainly they're caregivers for patients who come into their establishments every day. And those caregivers who are pharmacists also suffer stress, burnout, and related conflicts within their family about how they balance their life. So I think that's why our relationship has resonated so much. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about um, caregiving and how you and your husband, Terrence, decided to create your company, Caregiver Support Services?
2: I certainly can. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about how we came up with Caregiver Support Services, or basically how we identified the need for caregiver support. Um, I'm a nurse by practice, and I started as a admissions nurse at a nursing home, long-term care center, and I noticed that so many families would come to long-term care with no knowledge of the complexities for applying for Medicare or Medicaid or long-term care insurance. And then also the emotional toll that maybe needing to make care transitions placed on the families. And so at that time, we started the geriatric support group, and that was in Sioux City in the late 90s, around 1997. When I finished my graduate work, my husband and I relocated to his hometown of Omaha, Nebraska, and I did a needs assessment to see were there services for caregivers. There had been an organization called the Living Room Support Group, but it had not been active for many years. And so we formed a new board, and we got busy with making sure there were products and services to support family and frontline caregivers.
1: You know, every story has a personal touch. And I love the fact that when you get into something professionally, if it resonates with you in something that touched your life, I mean, for me, what we're doing It had to do with adverse drug reactions for my father-in-law, which led me down a path to try and be someone who could find solutions for that. So you and I have talked about pharmacogenetics, we've talked about caregiving so much, but it's always nice that you can relate it to a personal feeling. And you're talking about long-term care, you're talking about things that all of our, in our life, our parents or our loved ones are going to have to deal with it. So if we could become providers of that information as support, it really, it resonates to just being good and doing good. So were there any personal um, situations that came up in your life that actually made it even deeper uh, in terms of the things you were doing as a caregiver?
2: Absolutely. More recently, um, I will say back in um, 2009 or 2010, my daughter who was perfectly healthy to that point she um i heard a large a loud thud excuse me and i was asleep it was early in the morning she was 16 and getting ready for school and i thought maybe my two-year-old at the time had fallen so i jumped up and went to go see what was going on and she was still the two-year-old was still asleep and so um, i went into the kitchen and my daughter was in the kitchen and she had, was having a grand mal seizure it was extremely scary. Uh, we went to the doctor uh, we, through, via the ambulance, and she was diagnosed with a gicliocytoma. So I always say, if you're going to have a brain tumor. That's the one um, that's most easily treated. Mm-hmm. So she was on medications for uh, a good six months to eight months, but we couldn't really get it regulated. And uh, she ended up having an adverse uh, reaction to the medications. She was in the hospital for an, uh, an entire week. Um, it was basically the Steven Johnson's syndrome that she um, acquired as a result of taking several medications that didn't um, properly work in, with her. We decided to speak with the neurologist and the neurosurgeon and to go ahead and have the tumor removed as the medications were just giving her more and more side effects. So thankfully for our family, that surgery was what did, uh, did it for her and she's been very healthy ever since. Now, more recently, my mother-in-law, we've been caring for her for the last three years and um, she had a really challenging strand or a really um, strong strand of the flu. This happened a few years ago and it was one of the strains that would cause you to have respiratory arrest and so she was on a ventilator for some time. Then she also had a stroke because of the um, the stress on her body and so we've been working as a family to um, we worked as a family to transition her from hospital to uh, subacute hospital care to nursing home and finally home. Recently she she passed away in March. But mm-hmm. we do feel that we had uh, because of everything that we've learned through being um, advocates and caregivers, that we know that she was able to get the care that she wanted and needed and that we were able to provide it in an environment that was her preference.
1: Well, I'm sorry to hear about the loss. It's uh, so sad. Caregiving is never, you never sign up for it. It's thrust on you. The two circumstances you mentioned, you know, just occurred Mm -hmm. and you had to deal with it. And there's a commonality in caregiving in all of us. And, And I had no idea until I met you and did some more research in caregiving, you know, in healthcare, it's a business. Uh, how large is the market of caregivers? I had no idea. Uh, can you share some of the detail about how large the market and the professionalism of caregiving as a healthcare component?
2: Absolutely. And one of the things I want to stress in our conversation is the fact that there um, are 56 million uh, caregivers, and I, I would say, and that's in the United States. And I want to say that worldwide, it's a couple of hundred million. And one of the things that I'm thinking proactively about right now is the fact that most of us who are in the medical profession, either as pharmacists or nurses or um, home health aides, we do experience family caregiving situations. And because we have that special um, knowledge of the healthcare system, generally our family members are going to come to us first out of the other family members because of our knowledge in the healthcare system. But the challenge with that is that we are seeing that we have a very large population on the horizons that are going to need some type of care. And and it doesn't always mean that you're doing the personal cares like we did with my mother-in-law. Maybe things like with my daughter, Um, just safety, medication management, um, with our grandmother, uh, running errands, those types of things are also considered caregiving duties. And I think sometimes we only think of the personal care and not all the many things that are intertwined in the, the role that we have as caregivers. And my concern is that we need to strengthen the base. We need to make sure individuals who are pharmacists, who are nurses, who are home health aides or nursing assistants, that they have the support that they need to do their both their professional role, but the knowledge also that they probably are going to experience more than one caregiving um, situation in their life. And We want to be there to make sure they, they have the support that they need.
1: Well, you've shown that to me personally and professionally mm-hmm. 10 times over. Uh, you invited me on to your uh, web uh, website do a webinar of uh, pharmacists as caregivers and with your permission we'll put that in the notes section so all our listeners can see because you are so right we all have a life when we're not at the retail store or in a hospital or working for a living and that life leads us to being caregivers and um, I look forward to continuing the dialogue and the mission with you because you have a lot of exciting initiatives you're going to talk hopefully you'll talk about Uh, in this podcast, that we can come closer together as healthcare providers who are delivering caregiving services. It's so important, and I believe all pharmacists, personally and professionally, should take that attitude to be caregivers. So let's talk about some of those initiatives that Caregiver Support Services is about to embark on.
2: Certainly. One of the things that I'm most excited about is, and I'll start with the... um, Alzheimer's Foundation of America has uh, granted Caregiver Support Services a grant so that we can provide uh, up to $250 scholarships for families who may be taking care of a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's disease. And this is so that that family member can get uh, an eight-hour shift covered so that they could go out and spend the day doing something for themselves. I attended a conference last year, maybe it's been two years now, and one of the, when we were doing one of the exercises at a presentation I was um, conducting, one of the participants mentioned how important it is for caregivers to get a full eight-hour shift or a full eight-hour break because, what often happens is caregivers will maybe have somebody come for two hours. Well, the whole time you're prob- you're you're out running errands or, or going to the place where you're going to relax, maybe a movie or something, you're still in that hustle bustle of trying to make sure your loved one is okay, trying to make sure you're getting to the movie on time, trying to get your seat at the movie. So by the time you actually uh, get an opportunity to relax, your two hours is... Is up and so have you really had a, a break and so the research says and so did the participant very knowledgeable participant in the um, conversation we were having at a web at a, at a seminar she said eight hours was really important so I'm very pl- proud to be able to offer that and and there's a very simple application On our caregiver support website, caregiver support services website for uh, caregivers to access that. uh, that That's great.
1: We'll put put that into the notes section and promote it because that's a wonderful initiative. And the more people know, the more patients will be helped. Absolutely. You know, when I think of caregiving and the number you gave of 56 million, I think about just two major retail uh, entities. That between the two of them probably have close to, if not more than that many pharmacists. So, through collaboration, through communication, through engagement of your services, your knowledge, the support and the resources you have, we're a pharmacist in any of those two retailers or any pharmacist, there are 300,000 of us across the country, would just have a little more knowledge about how to be a caregiver just to per- per- help their own family circumstance, and then have that culture kind of go forward to them at the retail store. I think this kind of support can help our industry on a tremendous level. So I'm going to work very hard uh, with you, Ebony, to try and find synergies between pharmacists and caregivers and do events and communications and do more on podcasting, do more communication, because I think what you're doing is extraordinary, and and more pharmacists should be involved. Um, Thank you for for all that you do. Are there any other things that are coming up in the next uh, six to eight months that you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: Yes, we have a caregiver wellness retreat, and it's called There's Honor in Asking for Help. We are working diligently so that this event is free for caregivers. It's a two-day event. We will be providing um, excellent resources and t- tips and tools for caregivers. We also have some pampering uh, that we have set up so that caregivers can, can really relax and network. We're also gonna spend some time focusing on what I feel are the gaps for basically recruiting and reta- retaining frontline caregivers in, um, the, in, into long-term care because we need them. And, uh, and then, of course, the self-care, the wellness um, aspect of things will be explored. And I do feel that, as you mentioned, there are so many synergies and that pharmacists are caregivers. Um, I feel that very strongly. I was at the, uh, the local CVS earlier this week, and there was a, a little bit of a line the pro- the reason there was a little bit of a line was because the pharmacist was actually doing what pharmacists do. He was consulting the um, the patient or the the individual, um, the customer, and he was going through some really. She was able to ask some very detailed questions, and um, he was going through the, the the medications and and really doing a, an excellent consult. I do I do feel that put a little extra pressure on him because he had a line. And then the other thing is that um, not everybody going through the line is just going to be purchasing their medications. So since there's a cash register there, someone may be getting medications, but they may also be checking out with a few items. So you have a pharmacist who's highly skilled and highly trained, um, doing, um, you know, checking out patients or an individual or customer, um, and not being able maybe to focus as much on the consulting part, which was very important, and um, which the, the pharmacist, our pharmacist, who did did a beautiful job, but I was just kind of noticing that as I, as I was at the um, pharmacist recently.
1: Well, uh, certainly a call out for that pharmacist in the CVS uh, health arena for doing his job and doing it the right way, not just focusing on the business, pharmacy but focusing on the profession so a call out for that individual and there are lots of them out there lots of pharmacists dedicated to the patient because really that's who we work for doesn't matter what the badge says on our our lab coats or whatever but it's about making sure that we can connect with the patient so let's do some things together ebony let's talk about how we could raise the bar for consultations on the uh, webinar that i did with you we offered free consultations to any of the caregivers just to answer questions on their medication it's not about sharing personal information it's about having the ear and the attention of a trusted caregiver because pharmacists are trusted caregivers so we're going to look to do more things talk about adherence taking the medication when you should take it so important to the overall health care and it leads to healthcare cost savings people can not afford their medication so our listeners are going to see a lot of things going on through the PGX for Pharmacists podcast and VIP because that's really what we do. We don't dispense any medication. All we do is consult, do the consultations and make sure that those patients are taking those medications the right way. So we're going to do a lot of things together, and I thank you for giving us the opportunity. How, Absolutely. how does a pharmacist become a caregiver? If you had to say, to someone who said, you know, I, I what you're talking about makes sense. How can I become a caregiver? How can I help my own loved ones? What would be the steps that you would guide that person?
2: Well, I would probably, I would probably make the assumption that, number one, generally when we're providing care for someone, it is in an informal uh, manner. It is out of a sense of love that we do it. And so I would bet that, that someone who is a pharmacist has a caring heart already, and that's the foundation. The second aspect I would think is is to definitely be open to learning experiences. So if you don't know, to make sure that you're asking the questions that you need so that you're getting the correct information about your loved one. The other thing I would suggest is as a new caregiver, we have a tool that we partnered with um, one of the international home care companies, and it is a uh, booklet called Right Conversations. And I would, it is a free booklet. Um, it can be downloaded on uh, the Caregiver Support Services website or on rightconversations.com. And it was something that I developed in um, consultation with Right at Home to make sure that families have the information that they need far too often when there's a health care crisis, You don't necessarily know the wishes of your loved one, uh, the types of care that they may need, um, the resources or other family members that you may need to get involved. And this booklet walks you right through that process. And the third thing I would think, I think I'm on three, would be to be open to self-care and know that it's okay to say no when when needed. Sometimes what happens is our loved ones, once we're in the caring role, they're used to us doing everything, you know, in an immediate time frame. Now, if it's an emergency, that's a totally different thing. But what I'm referring to is things that could wait until the next day or the next shopping trip, where I could make a list so that I'm not feeling as though I am completely overwhelmed um, with both with probably working and also providing care. So those would be my three, three fundamental things that I think caregivers would, a new caregiver would really need
1: to um, have access to and to acknowledge. And they're so simple and they make sense and they're easy to access. You mentioned the website, you know, caregiversupportservices.org is, is a plethora of support information, even for yourself as a pharmacist who needs a little caregiving yourself. You're having a tough time. You're having the ability that you need to take care of yourself. We need to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. So look at that so we can avoid burnout, so we can avoid not dealing with these family crises, that everything is a crisis. And one thing you said in your one, two, three approach, which is so important, is the conversation. Start the conversation. It has to start somewhere. So I wanna thank you, Ebony. It's, it's always a pleasure talking with you, but in this environment where we have listeners who are thinking for ways to advance their career as pharmacists, this has led me to more patient engagement, to more dialogue, to more consultations, to more opportunities to become a healthcare provider. And when you come, become a healthcare provider, you're not working on the clock. You're working like a healthcare provider and can be compensated professionally for the services you deliver. So this is an opportunity for pharmacists, fondees and students of pharmacy to look at the future of what they want to be as a healthcare provider. So I want to thank you so much. We have some Twitter ha- handles of at Dr. Ebony, D-R-E-B-O-N-I, or of course, at Caregiver Support Services. You can follow them on Facebook. We, we thank you so much, Ebony, it's always a joy to talk to you and thank you for sharing.
2: Thank you very much, Ken. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: We will and we'll, we'll look forward to having you back on the show again. This is Ken Sternfeld for PGX4 for Pharmacists. Please follow us on at PGX4RX and of course at Pharmacy Podcast. Have a wonderful day and we will look forward to talking to you again soon.